Welcome to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl, where we prove to you that success is all about embracing the chaos and charging into the unknown. Welcome to The Messy Empire. This is AJ here with our host, Karen Prawl. Karen, we had a very special person to you on the show today. Go ahead and introduce them. I mean, not that she's only special to me, is that we featured Jody on one of our morning power-ups, and it was probably the most received feedback that we had because she was super inspiring. And I was like, girl, you got a lot to say. Let's continue this conversation. Right. And even it was pretty clear even after this podcast that Jody has a lot to teach us. <laughs> she, she does and a lot to say. We could do this for hours because we could talk a lot. We could talk all night, Jody and I. 100%. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. Let's talk about time blocking, Jody. Okay. How do, how do you feel about time blocking? I don't do it. Of course, the question comes up, how do you lead gen or when do you lead gen? So my lead gen is sporadic and it's kind of all the time. It's not kind of all the time. It is all the time. I literally <laughs> am lead genning all the time. I talk to about real estate to anybody and everybody. What do you say? I say, so for example, if I'm checking out at Target, I will say, I'm a realtor, so I'm so busy. My life is so crazy. Like that comes up every time. You always find a place to drop it. I always Me find too. a place to drop it. Always. And and it almost always leads into, oh, you're a realtor? And then it starts a conversation everywhere I go. You're not constantly somewhere. Like you're not constantly at Target or at the grocery store. Right. How, how are you keeping your legion alive when you're not in public? So... um, I know who my, I call them hot prospects. Everyone else might have different names for them, but I know who my people are that are going to be buying or selling in the near future. Okay. And they're kind of always top of mind. And whenever I see a property that I think they'd like, I, w- I don't waste any time. I text them and it's just at random times. So I will wake up on a Saturday morning and think of all of my buyers that I'm trying to find properties for. And I'll go into the MLS and I'll just see if I can dig up anything and I'll text them. And if, even if I don't find something, I'll text them to, to touch base with them and say, Hey, I've been looking still nothing cute for you on the market, but I'm still looking. And then I start that has how I start a conversation with them. And then we go back and forth for a bit. And it's kind of how I bring them back, bring myself back into their, um, into their conversation about well, what you're selling. And now there's technology to support you in that. But how did you learn to become this way? Because this is not natural people. So many people are a fear of being your secret agent. And I think it has a lot to do with your prior career. So I was a loan officer for several years at Guaranteed Rate. And my job was to sit in a pod and call leads. And so that experience, and, and at first I had no experience in that. So they would, they would give us a whole bunch of leads. So we would be calling these um, strangers and my job was to convert that into business. And it was a lot of refinancing back then, but there were some purchases here and there, but a lot of refis. And I had to learn really quick because it was hundred percent commission, how to convert those leads into business. And that And I, once I figured that out, it took me a good six months, but once I figured it out, I was always in the top 10. I was always a top 10 producer. How did you get over the fact when people didn't want to talk to you? Um, 
How did I get over did that? Did anybody ever reach through the phone and try to strangle you? <laughs> no. Did anybody ever try to kill you through the phone? Never. There was a lot of rejection. There is a lot of rejection in phone sales, but you have to learn to, to shrug that off and go with it and keep moving forward. hundred percent. So, but when you, so real estate's a little different. So we don't, well, at least the way I run my business, I don't call strangers. My, my business is literally 95% referral based. I'm very proud of that. So, and you haven't lived here. You're not even from this country. I'm not from this country, but I have lived, I've lived in my area, my local market for 12 years. And okay. so I, you know, I've been in Plainfield for a while. So my kids have gone to school there. I've met a lot of people and I'm really social. So I love meeting what? new people. I am. I love, I love meeting new people. So that's not hard for me either. So that's like a natural gift for me. I call it my gift. So I can talk to anybody anywhere. And I've just turned that into, I put that energy into my business and my relationships. And I build off of those because they genuinely mean so much to me. Were you ever hushed as a kid or told like quiet down or don't be? I'm so glad you asked that question. So I was told a lot as a child that I, um, was too nice. I was too nice for business. What does too nice mean? I don't know. Too nice. Business is too cutthroat. You're too nice for it. You're going to get walked over. That's what I people got, told me. I got told I was going to get eaten alive when I came to Chicago. I, I could see people saying that for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, um, you know, so that, and I, I said, well, how, like, I don't know how to be any other way. I'm just nice. And I have noticed now that is absolutely not the case. You can be yourself in business and it's not as cutthroat as people try to tell you before you get into it. Why would they tell you that? Do you think? I think people said that because they probably saw, I don't know, maybe they wanted to to squash me. Maybe they wanted to, wanted me to tone it down because you know how people are. Were you a threat? I think maybe. And you're so sweet. Yep. But don't mistake your kindness as weakness. That is, I say that all the time. You do? I say that all the time. Oh yeah. I wouldn't and I cross truly you. that. Do not cross me. I know. I just saw your eyebrows. <laughs> so I am, I do have a threshold, you know, I do have a, um, so I think my threshold comes out because I feel like my job, when I take on a client, my job is to protect them. That's a huge, huge part of my job is to protect them. And if I feel like I can't do that job or that something's coming in my way where I feel like I, that, that bond between my client and I, and I can't protect them, that's when I start to get a little fiery. What does that mean? It is making a lot of fun, picking up the phone, uh, going above whoever is, whoever's, you know, crossing me or whoever is telling me something I, I know is not right or shouldn't be done and going above them and figuring it out for myself and making it happen. How did your time at Guaranteed Rate um, affect the way you feel about leads in general now? Now? Yeah. So I am not afraid to pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. So if someone needs me to call them, or if let's say someone refers me, I will call that person as soon as possible, reach out to them, contact them as soon as possible. So, so that's kind of like perfect for like online leads. Do you do a lot of online lead gen? I do not. Why is that? Talk, talk to us about that. Uh, well, part of it is because I don't have to. Okay. Okay. Because I get a lot of referrals and I, I put a lot of time and energy into my referrals and my relationships. 
So I build my business that way. I'm not saying that I will never do online lean generation, but, and I do think that there is a purpose, but it is not my preferred way of lead gen. Gotcha. Gotcha. What is it just, do you like the relationships more? Or you like working with people, you know, what's, what's the reason? So all of the above, but right now, because I am so busy, I'm kind of at an, I'm at a kind of explosion phase of my business. I'm, I'm literally exploding right now, which is a good thing. You're I'm in very, momentum. I'm in it. momentum. Okay. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. I love it. I'm so grateful. So if I started online leads right now, I wouldn't be able to work them properly. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's See? so important to me. You just you would not, you'd be doing those leads a disservice at this point. I would be doing those leads and that those people a disservice because I cannot work them properly. So I'm a very, very big fan of focusing on one thing and that it works for me. So I don't get out of that. When I'm focused on something and my relationships and my referrals, my community, that's my focus. Mm. So if it doesn't fit into that, I don't do it. Right now, I don't. What's another model that you don't really subscribe to or you don't really agree with? <laughs> Bring it out, girl. <laughs> Did we talk about time blocking yet? <laughs> oh, no, let me think. Okay, so what's another model that I don't necessarily agree with? So you did kind of talk about time blocking. And actually, so to like the untrained eye, that sounds exhausting to be lead generating all day, all the time. Okay. How do you how do you keep that motivation up? How do you keep that energy up? Or is it just exhausting and you're okay with it? Well, it's definitely exhausting because my life is exhausting, but I am very, very capable to, I am, I am capable of turning things off. So I do turn off my phone. I do not work 24 seven because my job has to fit in with my family life, not the other way around. So I can't be a fully present mom if I'm working 24 seven. And my clients, I don't have, even have to say that to them. I just understand it. None of them expect me to work 24-7. None because of them. Because you don't pretend to be like, I'm here for you all the time. Like, I have a family. Right. Yeah. But I don't even have to say that because they, most of them, I've had a couple high-maintenance clients that that do text me at, you know, inappropriate times. I do have them, you know, but not often. Most of them have lives too and don't want to hear from me 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. So I just treat people the way... I would want to be treated or I think they would want to be treated. I respect their family time too. And it just works. It's, 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 amazing. Like an un- it's amazing that yours is like an unspoken rule. It is completely AJ, unspoken. I mean, didn't we just have this conversation the other way? Yeah. Well, it's pretty impressive that you have clients that, that you don't need to say it to and that you don't need to say it to a hundred times. Most of them, I don't have to. Most of them. And most of them will say to me, oh, I don't know why you're calling me right now. You should be with your family. Like they'll, they'll say that back to me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's winning. I mean, I thought my day in real estate, my best day was when my client apologized for calling me after business hours at 6.15 PM. (laughs) Right. That is winning. It is winning. Absolutely. So I think that um, part of the reason why I build, I successfully build those relationships with people is because I am my, I'm so real when I meet people. I mean, they know that I have two kids at home. They know that I do real estate full-time, that I'm fully committed to them. Like I set up those expectations, you know, you're, but I don't know. I never have to tell them. I never have to say, I only work till five. Don't text me after five. I never have, my voicemail doesn't say, 
you know, if, if you're getting my voicemail right now, you're not going to hear from me for 24 hours. I guess maybe I'm not that busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You are busy. Well, I feel like that might be more for a team. I don't know. I, but that just, I just don't have to do that. And I still feel like I have a life. How many homes do you have under contract right now? And you have a TC and that's it. I have a TC and I have 11 homes under contract right now. I have three listings going up at the beginning of June and two active buyers and a huge pipeline of people I stay connected with. And that's just you, right? It's just me. It's crazy. (laughs) It's just me. Um, I am hyper, hyper organized and I keep my systems very simple. I keep everything in my life really simple. What does that mean? So... I have a really simple to-do list. And when I find that I'm overcomplicating it, I stop. If I start to feel like, okay, I've overcomplicated things, I I stop and I remove stuff. I think that is why people don't succeed because they get caught up in making it way too complicated and it just gets in their way. I could not agree more. If people could really understand what it means by focusing on one thing and building from that one thing, they would be a lot happier and mm-hmm. way more successful. And if people would stop putting pressure on themselves. What does that mean? So I find that new agents um, think they should be at a level within like six months of, of, of being licensed or something. That's ridiculous. Or they look, yeah, it's ridiculous. Or they look at someone else and they're like, why am I not there yet? Mm-hmm. Instead of taking it one client at a time, one deal at a time, working that and building and learning from it and taking it to the next one, they just think that it should be like all all or nothing, like right away. That's what I, that's just an observation of mine. So when you see someone succeeding, you should always think of where they came from. And what their background is. Well, that was one of Amy Kite's. That was one of our most received feedbacks on Amy Kite. They thought she just showed up as Amy Kite. And then she told her story. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I have so much more respect for her. I thought she was just this big time. And she's like, listen, I'm on my third marriage. I was broke. I was this. I buy I one pair of pants. You know, like, yeah, but you know where they came from. You have to. I just said that to an agent. She's like, you were broke. I'm like, oh, girl, let me tell you. Yes. I think that that's part of being your true authentic self is sharing your story. And if you're not doing that with your clients, if they don't get to know you on a personal level, I mean, you don't have to tell them everything, obviously, but if they can get to know you on a personal level, like don't have a wall up when you go and meet them. Or a pretense. Yes. I think that's when people are going to fail, especially right now when authenticity and being genuine and everyone's going through a pandemic, the flashy showy, doesn't matter. Uh-uh. None of that stuff matters. Hmm. None of it. You know, and like when I was, so I was a stay-at-home mom for nine years and it was one income. And we like, you know, I went from, I worked at guaranteed rate. So this is my story that I don't ever really have an opportunity to share, but I worked at guaranteed rate. I was uber successful at guaranteed rate. We had two incomes, little tiny mortgage and a condo in the city. And then we buy this big house, have a baby. I look at my baby and I'm like, I don't want to work. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. 
I just, it just hit me that I, this little baby needed me. And then it was convenient because it was 2006 when he was born. And that's when the mortgage industry crashed anyway. So it just made sense for, for Dave and I, for me to stop working. So we went from two really nice incomes and a small mortgage payment, no baby to one income, big mortgage, big tax payment and diapers. And it was, you know, it was tough. I missed that second income. I missed it a lot. The freedom. I mean, like what was frivolous spending is what you get out of that. Totally. I mean, I had to say no to a lot. And it, I didn't like it. What about an environment too of like keeping up with the Joneses? Well, that was another thing about moving to the suburbs that I did not <laughs> think I would ever get swallowed up into because Canadians are not are not like that. We're a little different in that respect. And my friends back home, although they were going through similar things, they were all, you know, they were, they were it was similar, but the well, Chicago, media has changed so much of it too. So much. But moving to the Chicago suburbs and then building a house and... It, it was a lot of, well, well, how come she can have that? And I can't, I mean, it was, you couldn't help it. So yeah. And I just really missed that second income. And Dave was traveling a lot. Well, that was another reason why I couldn't work because who was going to watch our kids when Dave was gone, his business, the travel was, gosh, it was 50% of his job. Wow. And I don't have any family here. So we made the decision as a family that we were just going to make it work with one income. We made the decision and we just had to suck it up and do without and make it work. And it was nine years and I will never, ever, ever regret it. But I like to work. It wasn't just money that I missed. I missed working. Talking to adults. Talking to adults. I bet you don't date crazy when you come home from a trip. Oh, yeah. He would come home from a trip and I'd be ready to go out. That's what I mean. Oh, I'd be like, let's go. And you want to talk. And you want to talk and talk. Oh, it was was hard. It was hard on our marriage. Yeah. Because I'm... I'm a lot in a good way, <laughs> in a good way. So then you decided I'm going to go to work and I decided I choose real estate. Yes. That kind of fell into my lap. So this is another, that's another really cool story. So when I worked at guaranteed rate, I had a really good friend named Chris Keller and Karen knows the story and his, we became really good friends. We went our separate ways. He, I moved to the suburbs, started having kids and then we maintained our friendship. And he got married to Heather Keller and called me out of the blue. It was actually, I just had my second son and he was literally like two months, maybe two weeks old in my arms. And he called me and he said, my wife is, uh, has this short sale team. I think I remember working with you. I loved working with you. I know your work ethic. She needs some serious help and some hardworking people. And I want you. And I said, I can't. I mean, I literally just gave birth. Like, there's just no way I'm going back to work right now. There's no way. So I said no to that opportunity. Two years later, he called me again and said, we have hired and fired so many people. We cannot find good help. Will you consider working for Heather? I want you to meet my wife. I think you guys would get along great. I think that you would be like perfect asset to her team. You know, it's just, it's it's at home. You, You know, we'd work around your schedule. Will you at least talk to her? And that's when I met Heather and she is now with Keller Williams. She's a Keller Williams agent. Hi, Heather. If you're listening. So, I mean, I called her years ago. I'm like, how can you not be with KW with the last name Keller? <laughs> right. I know. I know. So, so Heather runs a short sale team and I, for the first year was her admin. Okay. 
So she taught me one-on-one how to fill out a contract, how to do And she's of- very patient. So I don't patient. know how she does her job. I, I it's so meticulous. I don't even know. She works so hard. Yeah. I don't even know. But she has really some serious systems down and she does not vary from them. No. She really doesn't because you have to in short sale world. It's crazy. So she runs this uber successful short sale team and she was with Charles Ruttenberg. So she kept saying to me, you have to get your real estate license. You just have to. And at first I was like, no, I don't, I really don't want to, this is good. You know, I'm a stay at home mom. And I, I just want a little part-time thing. And she was like, you have to, you'd be so good. And I really think you'd, you'd love it. And she kept pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. And I finally, you know, and then after a year of doing the, the paperwork and stuff, I was like, you know what? I think I do want to become a realtor. I think I, I would be good at this. So then I became a realtor and I was her on her team as a realtor and she taught me the short sale side of stuff and it burnt me out because <laughs> it's really hard work. And even though I'm not afraid of hard work, the work itself, I was like, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for me. It's not, I wasn't passionate. I loved working with her. We are still really, really good friends and always will be. It was the work. It was the work that was burning me out. And it just was like, Ugh. sorry, Heather. Um, it just didn't, didn't, everyone has a place. Exactly. And I just knew that there was more that I could do with my real estate license. So we, I, so we, I left her team and she was very supportive. And then Julia Oswald, who was already moved to Keller Williams said, you have to at least come and talk to a Karen. <laughs> it was Karen Shawley at the time, but, and then that's how I got to Keller Williams. And then I, that's how I started to grow my, my well, then you came business. To class. And then I came to class, of course. But but many people don't. Really? Yeah. AJ. Uh, it's pretty true. I mean, we have... Even uh, if our, they... Our training room fits maybe 50 people and it's never full except for business day. And we have about 500 agents. It's not for everyone, guys. It is not for everyone. I mean, you have to have... It is hard. It is hard. It requires a lot of energy. There's a lot of ups and downs, especially when you're starting and your phone's not ringing and you have to continue to make those calls and lead gen and you're not getting, you're getting a lot of rejection. You're not seeing a lot of results. You think it needs, it should happen sooner than it does. So it's a lot of mindset. How do you, yeah. I mean, that's hard to stay into. How long did it take you to sell your first house? When I went on my own, uh huh. six months. How do oh, you wow. stay, how do you stay committed to the goal? I am just my personality. I don't, you don't quit. I just don't quit guys. I'm not afraid of hard work. I knew I, I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. I just yeah. had to, but I had to fight a lot of, um, a lot of self doubt. I had to fight it. I have really good support at home. Dave, even when I wanted to give up, Dave wouldn't let me. He was like, don't give up. You got this. Just keep going. Keep going. Um, once I realized, once I really, really realized that it was a relationship business, like really in a service business, like more than selling, selling houses and seeing houses. Like, I think a lot of people think you get to see all these beautiful homes oh, all day. Well, TV makes it look like it. <laughs> I know. And it has nothing to do with it. Mm-mm. It is all about the people. A hundred percent. Like, sh- like, cause I'm not going to be their roommate. Like I'm not going right. to live in the house with them. I just have to make sure they get their keys. For so, the house that they want. For the house they want. So 
once I really realized what that meant, that's when things started to take off for me. How did you realize it? Experience. Okay. It's experience. You have to keep getting the experience. And right. I, so what you- about the people that are afraid to go on a listing appointment? It's like, no, it's an app bad. It's a practice round. Go. Oh my gosh. It's just like going to an interview. If you, you interviewed badly and didn't get a job before, right? Did you survive that? Yeah. That's yeah. how I found my dating. It was interviewing. Yeah. So if you look at it that way, and you're only going to get good at it if you keep going. Oh man, I used to trip up at listing appointments. So that was one thing that I, I think I told you that I immersed myself in at Keller Williams because I only knew how to do short sale listings and they're different than traditional listings. So different. And I was scared to do listings. So I immersed myself in just learning about listings. So I did Ignite. I did most of Ignite, maybe half of it. And then once I started, <laughs> AJ, once I started to realize what I needed to focus on, which was the listing side of things, mm-hmm. I, 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 I took just those classes. Yeah. And then once I had enough. That was your one thing. That was my one thing at the time, right? And then once I had enough of that, then I had to get to work. Like I got to a certain point where, all right, enough with the classes. I'm not going to make any money in the classroom. <laughs> The classroom is not paying your mortgage. It's not paying my mortgage. I have got to implement what I've learned and I just have to go for it. I just have to go for it. And then things started to change one by one. How did they start to change for you? You had, she had more at bats, right? What do you mean? You got better because you went and interviewed more. I got better. So, so my business, it's still buyer heavy. Okay. So this is, okay. This is one thing that I don't totally necessarily agree with is that you have to be all listings to survive in real estate. Sorry, Karen. I know you say that a lot. <laughs> you have to have lists to last. You can't just work buyers because here's why you can work 20 listings. You cannot work 20 buyers. I a hundred percent agree with that. But people, I they, think the they, message that people get from that is that they need to just do listings. Oh no. Okay. Good. I'm glad you told me. So, okay. So this is, what, what I will tell you is that if you're only getting buyers, if you're buyer heavy, those buyers will turn into listings eventually and they turn into referrals. I am getting more listing referrals now than I ever had. And it's from my buyers who are now first time sellers. Well, it's not even from them. It's them telling yeah. their friends. Yeah. But staying in touch. Oh, I stay in touch with all of them. Well, that's. But I, it, it doesn't have to be like complicated though. Okay. But let me ask you this. Okay. I understand. I agree with you. And Mm -hmm. I want to make a point. You keep getting more and more listing referrals. Mm -hmm. Well, those people most likely bought with an agent who didn't stay in touch. Yeah. Right. So you're seizing that opportunity. That's true. I never thought of that. They're all orphans. Let's talk about that system. Um, What do you do with 36 touch? How are you getting these referrals? How are you staying top of mind? Well, command has helped me a lot with that. I just started to dive into smart plan. So I do have a smart plan set up. So, so I can't give it credit yet because I just started that. Okay. So my systems are using my filters in my database. Okay. So really? try to, yeah, I love my filters. So I'm very strategic with my tags. How do you tag? So I have a past client tag. I have a VIP tag. I have a sphere tag. I do the DTD2 as well. 
but not like they're teaching us. I do it my own way. I have a, so those are probably, and I have a hot prospect tag. Okay. You guys following? Yes. Okay. So when I want to, okay, let's take mother's day. For example, I went into command and I pulled up all of my past clients. I just filtered my past clients and I sent a text emoji to every single mom. That was a past client of mine. It took me 30 minutes. And it was a touch. And I think that's a more personal touch than some random email. Right. I sent Mother's Day wishes to me. I did. A lot of people. Yeah. And they were like surprised, like, oh, wow, thanks. Yeah. I did did it one by one by one. (laughs) I did too. I'm sorry. I did it one by one by one. Yeah. And then I, and then some of them text me back and we started a conversation and, and, and it doesn't have to be about real estate all the time. No. Gosh, just talk to your friends. Just talk to the people you know. Just talk to somebody. Yeah. You're just, they're, they're just people. It doesn't have to be about you. So this is what I meant. And I, I love that you caught this. When I go into every conversation without expectation. Oh, that is, that is a big mistake. I quoted you on that. I know you did. And I really appreciate it. So I do not, and that, and this is true with life and business. I don't text someone expecting them to hire me as a realtor or even to be their friend. You know what I mean? I text them to say hi, to see how they're doing. And if they text me back, great. If they don't, that's fine too. I don't have any expectations on people. So I go into every call, every text, every, every time I sit down and leave. That is genuine though. It is. Because if you expect them to use you, you're just going to be disappointed and frustrated. And what's the point of that? Well, then you're never going to get more business because you're giving good service because they're going to be pissed off about something to not refer you again. Exactly. Every conversation is an opportunity. 100%. But it may, it may lead into an opportunity. It may not be they're going to list their house next week. It could be an opportunity of they're going to ask you to go to a speaking event. They're going to ask you to go to a bunco party. They're going to. And you don't say no to that stuff. Do you? Yeah. Why? What? <laughs> what do you mean? So remember, Karen, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. People don't know what that means. Only a few people know what that means. Because <laughs> I've used that over and over and over again since I heard you say it on that Zoom call. That makes me so happy because... What is your theory behind it? Okay. So I used to be a yes person and I was miserable because I said yes to everything. I tried to please everybody. And then when I started saying no and got over the fear of people aren't going to like me if I say no, because that's a lie we tell ourselves. When I started to say no, I started to... I And I realized that it really people can handle it when you say no to them. It's, it's okay. No is a full sentence too, by the way. It sure is. Um, I started to feel freedom and, and happiness and I felt liberated and I didn't guess what? I didn't lose any friends or clients, not even one. What? I know. So my biggest advice to people is when somebody asks you to do something, if it's not a hell yes, it's, it's just no, because we can only do so much. And what was happening for me on a personal side is I was saying yes to so many things 
I was neglecting my dear, sweet husband and children. And what did that feel like? It felt awful because why am I working? Why am I working so hard to not spend time with them? Like, what was it for? It was, it wasn't just to make money. Like, why are you doing it? If you weren't spending time with them? hundred percent, a hundred percent. I was like, what is the point? And I, part of the reason why I don't time block yet, and I might still, I'm still working on that. I don't think you can do it. (laughs) I don't think I can do it either. You know why I said that to you? So you can challenge me so I can start doing it. Yeah, you're a high D. Like, come on. (laughs) Expect more from you. (laughs) Um, I'm a high I, actually. Yeah, I was going to ask ask about that. Okay. You definitely have D. I mean, like, come on. So, yes. So remind me, okay, I I and D are my two, the ones that are the highest. And the other one is C and what's the other one? S. S, supporter. That means supporter, right? Yeah. Uh, cheerleader, loyal, steady. I is interactive. D is dominant driver, bottom line, goal oriented. So I'm high I and then D. I is first though. Are you surprised by that? No. You're not? Okay. I think your D's got to be pretty close though. It's pretty high. Okay. It's above the line. Okay. I'd like to take the disc again, actually. I think it might yeah. have changed. since We can I... send it to you. Okay. So... So yeah, I say no to a lot of things. I'm really strategic with what I say yes to. I think I have like the ideal listener for you in mind. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking of someone who's like, just kind of like struggling to keep up in this real estate world, particularly this Keller Williams world. We, we do throw the word model around a lot. Mm-hmm. We, we harp on systems. We talk a lot about time blocking. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, some of it just seems really unnatural. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like the way you would live your life. But on the other hand, like it just seems hard to keep up with. Like, I, I don't know if I can hunker down and like time block for four hours at a time in the morning. Like mm-hmm. sometimes that just seems unrealistic. What do you say to the person that feels like that when they walk into one of our offices? So first of all, I think that there's too many things. So you have to pick one of those things to focus on first of all. But I think <laughs> when you're, so if you, if you say to yourself, you want to learn how to type time block, I think you have to, and this is one of the reasons, this is how I operate anyway. I think about what that means to me and my life, because what I have learned is that everyone's environment is so different. So if you think that, the way Karen is time blocking is going to work for you. I mean, you're, you're going to, it's not, it's not going to happen. Right. (laughs) So you have to really think about what that means for you. So, you know, when I hear, I'm going to use Jeff Ristine as, as a, um, as an example, because I, I, um, he's an inspiration of mine. Now he has a team, right? So he has people he manages and he has a, he has to be on a strict schedule because his, it's his team's on a strict schedule and they need to get things done. So they're like, you know, they almost operate like a nine to five office job, right? And that's amazing for them. Uh, Part of the reason why I went into business for myself is because I don't want to work a nine to five. I don't, I don't want that schedule. Well, and Dave is gone during the week and he's home on the weekends. And so real estate affords you that 
Right. Well, they say it's flexible and you want to work it part-time. What happens when someone says, I'm going to get into real estate and do it part-time? Get that look off your face. So I, I never thought I would be the agent that would, I was like, make real estate work for you. Like that was my attitude at first. But now that I'm deep into it and I do it full-time and it means so much to me and I've worked so hard, dude, if you're not going to do it full-time, I just, just go do something else. And people do I'm transition sorry. though, but they do transition. They just be prepared to work 40 hours in both jobs. Exactly. So it, you know, and, and, and I, I could be wrong and I, you know, I, I don't, but from my experience, because I, I do more deals now than I was before this, I, I, it's so important to me for that transaction to be smooth. And if I'm working with a part-time agent, oh. I'm usually doing most of the work and trying to get, and trying to get a hold of them if they're working a full-time job. Is there anything more. No. And, and you know, it's funny because I feel like since COVID has started, most of my deals have been with full-time agents. So I don't know if that's just an observation. No, it's real. Okay. Okay. So this is what I've noticed and all of them, whether they're KW or whatever other company they're from have been stepping it up and working really hard to keep the transaction together. Like I could feel it from, from all ends. Totally. So it's been great. And, and, Every single one of them I'm working with right now, they are full-time business owners and we want the same thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And negotiating has been great too. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you think that's uh, just because uh, the part-timers have fallen off or what do you think is going on? Well, I don't know if they've fallen off, but they didn't have anything going. And maybe they stopped doing their lead gen. Well, they became a victim to it. I don't know what the answer. I don't know how to answer that question. That's I'm not right. sure what happened to them. I maybe they're they're immersed themselves into learning instead of working. I think they're a victim to the. They're listening to whatever negativity that supports their decision to not work. Like I haven't stopped. Like COVID hasn't. I just kept going People full speed busy ahead. Whenever. Yeah, and I well another thing we can talk about is being adaptable. Like if there's anything that having a um, commission based job is, if there's anything I've learned is how to be adaptable and flexible and rigid just doesn't work for me. So the more flexible I am. Fluid. I call it fluidity fluid? too. Okay. I go with the flow. Like let's think outside the box. Let's be solution based. Let's work doubly hard. Very well said. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I always try to be solution-based always. And that is what I'm finding with the realtors I'm working with right now during this crisis. They're all solution-based. Even when it comes to negotiating, everybody's working together. It's been a very positive experience for me. Like I even had a, a transaction where my buyer was paying cash for this, for, for a townhome in Batavia recently and the seller, he didn't lose his job, but he got furloughed. Yeah. So yeah. he got furloughed. Okay. He's gonna, he will pick up and resume his job later. Exactly. And they called us and they're like, the, the agent had a solution before she even told me what the problem was. And she worked it out with her attorney, her lender. They were able to get it done. And I was so happy that I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> Right. She knew what she was doing. Right. Does that make sense? Like I was yeah, really yeah. like, darn, if, it, if you didn't have the experience, right. If you didn't, 
If you weren't an experienced full-time agent, I don't know if you would have known how to solve that problem. You wouldn't have, unless you came from a job or a prior career that made you, forced you to be solution-based and think. Okay. That is so important. And I will, I think that contributes to my success and why I've been successful maybe quicker than others is because of my background. So I've always been in sales. I even, even in college, I was in sales. So who are you thinking about right now that's in a different career that maybe gets furloughed, laid off or whatever that you're like, they'd kill it in real estate like Chris Keller did for you. Like think about how you could change someone's life because of their work experience. So I think teachers Mm -hmm. would make good realtors. Always because they're great at explaining things section by section. Yep. And they have energy. They have to. And they're hyper-organized. Um, systematic because you got to run their systems in those classrooms, but you have to be flexible because you're working with kids, right? They have to talk to parents all the time. Oh, and defend their teaching to parents all the time because there are parents that don't want to parent their children. And my sister is a third grade teacher. Oh God, bless her heart. That's hard. I think like the stuff I'm getting from you is like really like trying to like carve out things to make sure it works for you, but also be willing to do the work. Well, I am definitely not afraid to do the work. I have taught myself to bounce back from rejection. I've taught myself to bounce back from when things don't work out the way I want them to. Um, I have taught myself to be flexible. I have taught myself how to uh, have boundaries with people and my clients. So I think I set up boundaries in a nice way. And that's why people don't text me at nine o'clock at night. That's why I can log off. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think I taught myself these things because I am able to learn from all of my past experiences and past jobs and bring them into my current job. Very open-minded, yeah, very, very open. I was about to say, you keep it with you too. Like you're like a Swiss army knife. Like you, you <laughs> learn something and you keep it. One of the nice things about calling leads, like internet leads, if you choose that as a lead gen method, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing people don't do in my eyes. I think they, they try too many different methods and they don't stick to one. So if you try to, if you, if you try to do the internet lead, so I did internet leads. So I would get like 30 leads a day. And all I would do is sit. And then I would, those leads would just pile up. So every time I would come in at eight in the morning, I would just put my headset on and I would call new and old leads constantly. That's what I did. Right. So it taught me, um, how to be resilient, very resilient, very, very resilient. And, um, one of the things that my boss used to say is don't assume so don't pick up the phone assuming what the other person's going to say. That's judgment. That comes from judgment. Do you know that? Oh, no. When you're creating an opinion about something, mm-hmm. that's a judgment. Like you're making a judgment. They're not going to want to buy a house with me. Oh, that's I, judgment, actually. Isn't that interesting? It like, is really interesting. Deep, yeah. And you're even you're judging them, too, because you're assuming what they're going to say. You know, well, they're just going to tell me no. Or last time I talked to them, they weren't interested. Well, you don't know that unless you call. So I had this boss. His name was David Bethel. We called him DB. So he would say, if anybody on our team would say, oh, you know, I don't want to call him. He rejected me last time. He'd say, stop assuming. And he would like drill that into our heads. He would be like, stop assuming. Stop assuming. And then we'd be like, okay. And then we put our headset on and we would just call. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? They say, no, big deal. You move on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Some will, some won't. So what? 
Hashtag next. Next. <laughs> I say it all the time. So you can't be afraid of that rejection or you have to work through those feelings because the longer you cry in a corner, <laughs> the longer, the more time you're wasting on what could be a, a fruitful relationship with someone. So just call the next person and keep building your business. It just starts with one. It starts with one client and then you just build it from there. Any suggestions for our next episode? Tell us on Instagram at The Messy Empire. Thank you for listening to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl.